He's the Banksy of murder. Would it be so bad if an 84-year-old got into heroin? Welcome to the Cat Organizational Podcast. You idiot. It's written down in front of you, you idiot. This is like the buffalo chicken wrap of answers. I haven't heard about hot orcs in a while. We were so horny for motion controls in 2005. I can't wait to come back and tell you how it was Noah's Ark, you asshole. I would also like to retroactively say I've never had cotton candy acid. So Andrew's 100% doing a voice, right? Everybody get off IMDb now. Time to record. This episode and probably this whole this whole podcast is a mistake. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how we have done nothing to deserve how good season two of The Mandalorian is so far. We've done nothing in 2020 that, that warrants that. We don't deserve it. We, don't, we haven't done anything to deserve anything good in 2020. Let's be honest, Todd. We do deserve the Monster Hunter movie. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the level of deserving that we have. We, we reap what we sow except for The Mandalorian. Thank you, John Favreau. So for regular listeners, you're likely familiar with you know, us sharing how Debate This has a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Debate This Cast. <laughs> And if you love us and you want us to dive into a very specific nerdy topic, one of the ways you can support us is to commission your very own flavor text. So you know what? That's what we're going to do today. Um, thanks to our Patreon, who goes by username Zachix, uh, we are going to talk about what I believe is the most popular MOBA, which, if you don't know what a MOBA is, it's a multiplayer online battle arena game called, you guessed it, League of Legends. So again, uh, thank, thank you, Zachix. Hopefully, you know, I and we do your game justice. We won't. Nah. We, we <laughs> absolutely gonna, won't. Um, I have a question. I have a 30 second to one minute thought experiment. Yes. You with a hand. It, yep. Well, I have a hand up for everybody who's listening to this <laughs> podcast uh, that isn't on the Zoom call. Um, what, how do you define a, a multiplayer online battle arena? Because when this came out, it was a very specific definition. But like, this is kind of like, is a taco a sandwich argument? Like... <laughs> Any multiplayer game right now, like, is PUBG a, a MOBA? Like, is a Battle Royale a, a, a multiplayer online battle arena? Is WoW Arena a MOBA? Like, I don't... What is the definition well, of that? We, well, Andrew, we could, we could record the episode that was commissioned, or we could spend the next three hours <laughs> uh, diving into that question. Well, to really... To, here's, here's the thought experiment. I really want to get the energy of being a part of the League of Legends community. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore... You want to get, all, you wanna like, get all three of us yelling at you about three different yeah, things? Yeah. Someone's got to stick their thumb up their butt at some point, so... <laughs> well, to, to take a page out of the book of our friends at Left Trigger, Right Trigger, I think they're all just head clickers. In the left trigger, right trigger, there are only four kind of game genres. I think that all of these games are head clickers. I think that was a perfect answer. Yeah. Uh, well, and I would normally have, you know, really narrowed that scope down and just said, like, League of Legends, uh, Dota, uh, Heroes of something else that used to be out that was a lot like this. Um, Pokemon but... Unite. That's a new one. That's a thing I know. There, there's <laughs> oh, the thing yeah. I know. I'm sure that's really good. Um, Yuck. Man, talk about like, there's no way they're sticking that landing. But I remember way back in the day playing, um, it was uh, like Monday Night Fighting or whatever. Oh, yeah. Monday, Monday, night, 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 Monday Night Fights. Fight. Monday Night Fights. Was that something. it? Monday Night Combat. Monday Night Combat. <laughs> that that Ooh, was like six got. on six combat arena yeah. that played a lot like this, only that was first Overwatch. person shooter. 
yeah. was Overwatch. And so, and so I would make the argument that like a MOBA is oh, Team Fortress, a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> but you know, hey, nerds, get at us. Let us know. Um, yeah. We'll start this argument. But anyway, that's not the point. We're here to talk about League of Legends, and to help me out on this journey, I've summoned some of the greatest champions of Runeterra to each pick a lane while I jungle on the optimized path. Carrying the team today with me are Matt Gragas, the rabble rouser, Cole, Andrew Malzahar, the prophet of the void, Henderson, and Kyle, Tom Kench, the river king, Harper. <laughs> All right. I looked mine up and he is some kind of like a back a creole, a creole yeah. fish baron back alley, like catfish man. Um, and I'm I love him and I'm not convinced the other two aren't also fishmen of some kind. He he looks specifically like a Sly Cooper villain. Yes. Yes. He he is a catfish Creole like river baron. Yeah. Um, Okay. Wait, let me finish this. He definitely talks like Gambit. (laughs) You know, boys, I'm going to need you to pick up your summoner spells and help me kite the blue buff real quick today. Right. Um, now I that I got with all the jargon <laughs> yeah. until that long. Yeah. Now that I got out, got that out of there. Um, man, just a real quick plug. If you go and like at any point in time, once this podcast episode drops, look up any of these characters in their reveal videos. They got elaborate after like 2013, 2014. Um, and they all have voices. And Tom Kench sounds exactly what you think Tom Kench sounds like. And boy, are they good. Uh, I looked mine up, and I'm a big, fat, drunk Viking, and A, that's cool. B, it appears as though my main ability is to throw a keg of beer, uh, and C, I have a passive ability called Happy Hour, so all of those things are very on-brand with me. Thank you. Yeah, Gragas is is excellent. And I don't know, Andrew just hit me as a Malzahar, uh, Prophet of the Void type guy. This is who I would play if I played this game. There is a guy, oh, and I'm not going to be able to find him, of course. There is a guy who looks like he's right out of Final Fantasy 14, but I can't find him. And I'll tell you why that is here eventually. And we'll get to that. Um, so just to, as we always do with these flavor texts. So, guys, what what do you know about League of Legends on a scale from from one to you've cursed at your computer about it? Um, what is your experience with League of Legends? Uh, I'll kick this off. So I what I know about the game is like next to nothing. Uh, other than that it exists, but I have experienced League through a couple of really good friends who have lost serious portions of their life because of League, um, <laughs> including a bunch of fraternity brothers in college. But one specific anecdote that I would like to share is uh, this kid that I went to high school with named BJ, who was a couple of years older than me and went off to college in New York and failed out of college specifically because he played too much League of Legends. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. made it three semesters before he dropped out of college and moved home. And I was talking to him and was like, hey, like, what happened? Like, did you just not like the school? Was it the wrong place? Like, what happened? He's like, no, it was entirely League of Legends. I never stopped playing League of Legends, and I dropped out of college. So... That is my experience with Yikes. League. Woof. And every story that I have heard about League is incredibly similar to that. Maybe not that extreme, but like, yeah, I was in a happy, committed relationship and had friends, and then I played League of Legends. Like, that sort of thing. <laughs> League of Legends, not even once. <laughs> um, so I'll go next. I've, I've attempted to play League of Legends exactly twice. 
both times I ran into issues with either my computer or the UI or both and just kind of was like, probably a, a sign I don't need to invite this into my life and then didn't. Um, I also know a couple people who've played League of Legends um, more seriously than I've ever played any video game in my life is the nicest way I'll put that. Uh, one of them being a friend of the show, uh, Zach, from mm-hmm. Around the Monitor. He he played semi-competitively, I think. He'll correct me on that wow. if I'm wrong. And then um, mutual friend of ours, they, they were on a team together. But um, I have not seriously played this game. I've played Blizzard's MOBA. Um, Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm. That's uh, what I was trying to think Heroes of earlier. I played that one for a few months and that you know it was fun i like the concept but the thing with league for me was that the games take like an hour to play and you can't really quit them when you're bored in the middle of them without uh, (laughs) screwing over your entire team so and that was and that factored into my like cool i don't know if i always have an hour to commit to gaming for one game a night so that was my that's my been my experience with League of Legends. Um, I won't steal your thunder, Todd, because for listeners, uh, mine and Todd's experience <laughs> about League is is pretty similar. Intertwined. Uh, when we, yeah, when we when we graduate, our our dark year after uh, after graduating college, you know, um, the worst year of your life. Yeah, the worst yeah. year of your life when you're 23. I mean, the, is the the best and worst year. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll say this, and I'll let Todd tell the story. Um, I did not get as deep as Todd did, <laughs> um, and, and that is not because uh, that is not because I'm better. It's because I was way more trash at the game, and I got butt hurt because the people that we played with uh, basically told me to go kill myself. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So I was like, cool, and I just happened to get like a like a full time job. Uh, because I was managing a Jimmy John's and like working from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then just playing league until 4 a.m. Yeah. So I got a big kid job. And yeah, it's because you worked more hours at Jimmy John's than Todd worked at Buckeye Corner. It's uh, true. Like two more hours. Like let's, <laughs> yeah. let's call a spade a spade. And they, yeah, they weren't yeah. good hours. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So I, I, I fucked out um, after I got a job and then and never looked back. And then started playing. That Buckeye Corner is still there. <laughs> oh, good. Just some things will outlast time. And, and to be fair, like to Matt's point, like my my like that is not a game that I will ever like get super into because I have always had a steady stream of either World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XI, and now Final Fantasy XIV. So that's my this. So yeah. Um. Before before I share the specifics of my relationship with League of Legends, um, I will say Andrew, just for your reference, and anyone else. Uh, the character that would fit squarely into Final Fantasy XIV is Set, spelled S-E-T-T. Um, he is a half-open oh, shirt, yeah. uh, <laughs> punk rock baron. I love um, him. He yeah. looks awesome. Yeah, he looks like he would be an antagonist, but that's not the point. So my yeah. experience with League of Legends, like Andrew had shared, um, I did play for probably a good two years. Um and when Andrew and I lived together a lot that year, because I had nothing else going for me in life except for League of Legends, <laughs> I had <laughs> I had made made friends with some guys through um, Halo uh, Reach who also played League of Legends, and that's what got me in. And then I drug Andrew in because he and I lived in the same sad apartment together for that sad <laughs> year of our life. Mm-hmm. And we would. And he was sad uh, enough you you could you could malleate his him into play yeah i could i was impressionable uh enough to get him to be sad with me and we would drink land shark lager and eat pizza and listen to um minus the bear 
while playing playing League of Legends. And um, when you when you win and you're good, it's great. Um, But I think Andrew and I had a similar experience where these guys we teamed up with were way, way, way better than us. Way better than us. And we would just get trashed in these matches and like would pick up on the hints of them typing into the chat that we were the reason why they were losing. Mm. Yeah, it was like imagine imagine, if you will, you're you're a senior in high school. And you go to stay, you do your weekend stay at a college, and somehow you end up partying with all the seniors. <laughs> yeah. And you want to be cool, and you want to hang with them. And you want to be cool. You're like, yeah, boobies and beer, yeah. Like, you just don't know what <laughs> you're doing. And then the seniors keep dropping hints that the party would be a lot cooler if the high schoolers left. If, if you left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, exactly. And, like, in, in, this, in this metaphor, you probably, like, tipped over the beer pong table. Um, and you said, I didn't know I was supposed to burn my exhaust on the minion. That was a bad thing that I did. Right. Or like I accidentally used my flash for a stupid reason. And now everyone's dunking on me in the chat or my favorite. And I remember this now almost 10 years later, someone typing into the chat, let him die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, someone was using, someone was Shen and they were using their Shen alt to come in and they said, no, let him die. So anyway, (laughs) Um, Todd, before we move on from your your dark year, I have a question about the setup. Did you guys yeah. play in the same room? Did you we go? Would. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we, we would. would. Um, Andrew would broadcast his onto his TV in yep. the living room, and I would sit on my two hundred dollar Walmart laptop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all I remember from that period, seriously, like I'm not kidding, I blocked this out of my memory, <laughs> but I do remember Todd always had like a little notebook, like a mini notebook. Of all this, the things that he had to buy. Yeah. Oh, oh my okay. God. Yeah, because you build your character each game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. And if you did that wrong, I'm sure the chat was just thrilled with you. Lit, yeah, lit you, yeah, you have to uninstall the game. That's how it works. <laughs> and, and I, I want to add this, too, that like the, the experiences that we had may not be the norm, but you had like you would level up and you'd get paired with people that you level against. So much like when we play in a group for Overwatch, if you're new and you're in a group with level 30 people in League of Legends, you're playing against level 30 people, yeah. Yeah. not the new people. Right. And you will get dunked on. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely all I've heard. Well, not all I've heard, but something that I hear often about lol is how incredibly toxic the community is. And from cutting my teeth in the Super Smash Brothers community, which is also incredibly toxic, like, hooey. but I remember as as another side story seeing on twitter that uh aoc was like silver in league of legends one season or something like that and knowing that at that point she could handle anything that our government had to throw at her because she can play league so she'll be fine yeah yeah you're fine and we don't need to spend a lot of time on the on the community thing because i think you could probably make the argument like every community is has its pros and (laughs) cons gaming gaming is pretty toxic to begin with yeah um and I'm sure like it's at different levels, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you can, I'm sure that like anything, you can find your niche, you can find your group and, and mm-hmm. probably have a good time. Well, so all of that said, um, here's what I want to do today. So um, I'm, I'm glad that thank you for sharing what you've got. I think that you'll learn some new things here today. Um, hopefully you, the listener, also take away some cool things about League of Legends. But here's what we're doing, kind of a three point uh, approach. So I'm going to give just a brief backstory over League of Legends and its history. Um, I want to then give you painting in in broad strokes the overarching lore and the main storyline of League of Legends and what kind of sets up the gameplay of League of Legends. And then kind of as a treat at the end, 
I working with uh, the patron that did uh, support this and kind of my own uh, research, I picked just a couple of the cooler champion stories to hit because all the stories of all the champions weave into the lore. And it's really, really interesting in different ways. So we'll go ahead and jump in. Um, I had shared with the guys on this call when we started, I posted the link to all the League of Legends characters. So as I reference either places or characters at the end, they can go and check them out. They, like I said, they can also check out their, their characters that I linked them to. But I'm going to go ahead and jump in to the overview of League of Legends. And so League of Legends uh, debuted back in 2009 by Riot Games. So that means, Andrew, when you and I, and then I guess Kyle too, when you jumped in, it was still like a year and a half. It was a very young old. game at that point. Yeah, it was, it was established, but it was, yeah. It was and I know young. a lot of the problems we had with it at the time were like partially growing pains from that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it was, and, and you know, this is to say like, I have not played League of Legends from a, since at least 2012. It would probably be a safe assumption that things have gotten better in eight years and have probably, they've probably helped the on-ramp of new players. They've probably helped like the guide rails of people who don't know what to buy at the store. Probably. So I'm, 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 I, I, I would like to say that the, the things that made me sad eight years ago can't hurt me any longer. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and for those that don't know League of Legends, it was certainly based off of Defense of the Ancient, which was um, a, I guess, a kickoff of Warcraft. Um, it where was it took Warcraft. Yeah. A custom game in Warcraft 3. Yeah, so, and my friends and I back in high school used to play that a lot. And, and you know, that was also a MOBA. League of Legends follows that freemium model where the game itself is free. You know, it has rotating cast of characters you can play on each week. But if you want to, if you've found a favorite character and you want to permanently have them all the time, you pay for them or you pay for skins or you do things like that. Um, so the game itself is free. I'm sh I know I paid $20 for a skin for a character way back when <laughs> and access to that character. So they have my money. So obviously, like that is their foundational support there financially. And just to like anchor this in in 2009, when the game came out, it had 40 playable characters. I'm going to shortly from now share how many they currently have. I have not looked up how many they currently have because I want to be I want to be shocked by that number. Don't look ahead in the show notes, and I'll, I promise you it'll be a treat. So I think it's important to them po point out this quickly became one of the most played and watched esports games. So regularly, year after year, there were world championships and there were prize money. Like this was a big growing thing for the esports community. Probably the biggest thing that grew immediately when, I mean, there were like Counter-Strike and Call of Duty were doing, were doing games but this this one and like team fortress were probably the biggest ones to show up well and this one definitely um league of legends definitely i'm pretty sure definitely don't hold me to this set uh, set record after record of like biggest prize pool biggest prize pool biggest prize pool yeah. kind of thing like yes yeah so so to that point um the biggest one that i could find in recent years 2018 world championships prize pool for the for the competitors in their various rankings was over six million dollars. Hot yeah. damn! Holy, yeah. holy shit! Yeah, and so that's obviously that's not just like the top placer, but like sure. the the rankings overall six million dollars. And further, there were forty million unique viewers that that like tuned in over the course of it. And then to do one more the next year, so and this is the last uh, the last year that there were statistics for 
the 2019 World Championship had 100 million unique viewers over the course of the tournament. Holy, Holy shit. 100 million. Wow. That's amazing. So That's for absolutely com- amazing. For comparison, the NFL playoffs pull 32 million over the yeah. course of the yeah. playoffs. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and obviously that's not 100 million all at once, but like 100 million unique viewers. Amazing. So like, that's the thing. And, and, and what I was kind of getting at before, like this, the, this, this meta or this meme that like the LOL community is really toxic. Like, I would argue you can't even say that. You can't even call it a community. That's, if that's three times the NFL playoffs, yeah. like that's just, <laughs> yeah. that's just culture. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. That's, just, that's just a thing that exists. Like it's not even this like niche thing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, there's 39 million people in California. So, like, you know, two and wow. a half times the population in California. Wow. <laughs> um, and then, so back to this point that I had named, that I'd said a bit ago. So, in 2020, we currently have 151 champions. Get the game. fuck out of here. Um, oh, my God. I, I did not count, but that's what Wikipedia told me. Whoa. Get at me if I'm wrong, but if I'm scrolling this page, there are names and characters that I I still temp- I still every now and again get like a YouTube suggested like video on new character reveals. But oh my god, I've not seen half of these and they are wild. Can you answer this question? Do they still just like rotate so you can theoretically play this game for free? You just have to like accept that every week six you will only have access to six or so of these 150 characters and then next week they will be gone and you will have to learn six more uh it it so okay i do not play anymore but it does say the wikipedia does say they are still on a free champion rotation i can't imagine not paying and playing this game because like even with back when we played it it was like i remember it's like oh like caitlin's free this week awesome i love playing as caitlin but like i that is as many that like there are a pokemon red and blue yep. worth yeah so i'm i'm checking here. this is league of legends wikipedia and again like sorry i just don't play the game and for this research i did a lot of reading a lot of watching i did not re-download yeah. the game was, i'm sorry it was um, not gameplay mechanics the flavor no, no. text it was the lore. Uh, it's fine and here it is the selection process is indeed random resulting in some champions appearing more often in rotations than others some champions do not even appear in a rotation for an entire season yeah. New champions That's are amazing. added to the free champion rotation on the third week following their release. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and, and again, like, once you find that character you like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to spend the $5 or whatever it is to unlock him because I'm good with that one. I, like, I liked playing as Heimerdinger, um, and he was this little guy, like, little nerdy guy that shot rockets and had turrets. He's Torbjorn. And I was like, yeah, he was Torbjorn, more or less. <laughs> and I was like, I need him. I need him forever. I can only win with him. He's mine. So, so. question. When you say, like, pay for the game, is there a, is there a, an, an amount you can play that, un- or excuse me, an amount that you can pay that unlocks everything? Or is it like a, you've got to pick your couple heroes and go with that? If I recall correctly, and, and please comment, shout me out if I'm not, this is like non-mobile. This was like the first major microtransactions as a game. Yeah. Like they, free like I mean, free to play as a, as a genre of It certainly of not had just been done games. before this, but this definitely yeah. like showed all the other developers like, "Hey, this model makes a lot of yeah, money." Yeah, this works. And it, it made a fuck ton of money. And it, but it wasn't like the loot boxing like Todd said you would buy I, it might be like this now, but you would just buy the thing that you wanted. So it's like it mm-hmm. compare this to Overwatch like you really want that like that stone Bridget skin. You can have it for 
the low pay, the low payment of twenty dollars, but you wouldn't you don't pay to install the game. To answer your question, Matt, every hero costs somewhere between like two or three bucks or twenty to thirty bucks worth of gems. So there there was a finite like if you did the if you bought a bunch of gems, you would uh, could eventually just straight up pay for every hero without going through a loot yeah. box. But it was it was a range. It wasn't a set like pay pay two hundred bucks and you have everything forever. It's yeah, got it. It's, yeah, which which who I mean who knows I mean I guess who knows people that play it now. But like, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, there, maybe there maybe there is a way now that you can get access to everyone for a price. But like one hundred and fifty one characters, like yikes. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think I mean I I venture to say most people find their favorite five and they hold on to them. And then maybe and then maybe. Once you're into it, you probably buy the new one as it comes out. Yeah, for thirty bucks every three months, probably or something. It's but. not like Smash Brothers in the sense that like you would buy a, a pass to like download more characters because you're likely going to try them at some point in time. Um, you just may not have any interest, mm -hmm. you know, in that that character because you've seen them play and you don't want any part of it. But yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does. And like I said it last week when we were recording the WoW episode, that like there are 30-ish heroes in Overwatch and I've been playing for six months yep. and there are 10 of them that I don't know what the buttons do. Like, yeah, I cannot imagine 151 characters that rotate every three to six weeks. Like, bleh. it's wild. Well, so to, to just... One more bit about this this game and how it plays, just like the overall gameplay overview, just for anyone who's not familiar with League of Legends. So um, typically the game is played 5v5, though it's worth noting there are alternative settings. Um, you know, there were, I remember there used to be one where instead of being like 5v5 lanes, they went down three different lanes. It was one. Everyone goes down just the same lane. And it's just like a nightmare. Is Is 5v5 still the like the standard like if you if i go yes. watch league now it'll be 5v5 yes um more likely than not okay and i would say as someone again who has not played in seven or eight years i still periodically watch their championships when they post them it's still 5v5 it still looks familiar for the most part to what we watch like there's certainly been changes to items characters sure. a little bit of structure but it immediately looks familiar um, I actually, for for the people on the Zoom call, put a graph, a little a little little diorama, so you know what it looks like when there is there is top lane, there is middle lane, there is bottom lane, and there is the jungle. Um, typically, it's a solo mid, a solo top, uh, two people in the bottom, and then one person is jungling. That's typically the structure. Um, for for anyone who is absolutely unfamiliar with this, this is top down. It play like the best way I would describe a MOBA is like chess where you control an individual piece and it's only the back line. So like everyone's got its own special thing they do and you you go up against the other team but like you are controlling one chess piece on a on a board of obstacles, experience and items you can buy yeah the way to explain the gameplay at least so when i say like lanes and jungling there are effectively just three lanes and then the jungle that surrounds the rest of the map that doesn't fall nicely into these three lanes and so teams will split split their five people up to evenly go around the map like one in you know in two of the lanes each one of them has one person from your team one of the lanes has two people typically and then one person runs through the jungle killing the things in the jungle because you're trying to gain experience and gold 
Um, the goal is that your team is going to push their lanes, you know, try and push against the other enemies and their minions um, while taking down defense towers in the way. Ultimately, the goal is to get to the other team and destroy their nexus, which is their like their magical thing that you have to destroy to win. And again, while you while you push, your characters gain experience and they gain gold. Um, your characters then level up during the game, so you get to select your skills, which ones you want to level up and in what order. Um, and then your gold, you have to return back to your base to buy new things that impact your character's speed or their attack or their damage or their resistance. Um, and that is where it, it ends up being a system that is fairly easy to pick up on the basics. But I think it's the nuance that probably separates people from being, you know, able to hold their own and be really, really good. The builds, mm -hmm. for sure. You have to know what build you're going. You have to know what attack you're choosing at what level based on what mm -hmm. your opponent is doing. Todd, and Lord help us if we forget this graphic in the show notes or whatever, because we're going to reference it a lot. Are the dots the, the defense towers? Yes. And then the and then like the nexus is at the base, each respective yeah. base. Okay. Yeah, this is a very, very basic grab. I don't even know where I grabbed this. I think I just put like League of Legends MOBA graph. And it was like, here's here is the dotted John Madden field that you can <laughs> scribble on to show people where yeah. they need to go. I mean, that's a very good like every MOBA uses a variation of this yeah. grab. Yeah, graph. if League of Legends was a college course, this would be like the 101 this would be mm -hmm. just like up on the whiteboard mm -hmm. we've we've effectively scratched the surface of remedial league of legends yeah yeah so now that everyone has at least a, a fairly good grasp on what league of legends is how it's played that sort of thing i want to and again with very broad strokes hit the lore of league of legends because like a lot of games that have been around for almost a decade i'm um, actually over a decade i guess um there is lore now i'm not positive that they had all of this planned out before they kicked off what they were doing but they've done it in such a way that as they release more heroes heroes continue to build the lore much like what overwatch did when we talked about that i want to say from just from like casual references i've picked up on reddit there have been two major lore overhauls Ah, nice. Okay. Um, nice. When you say overhauls, you mean like rewrites, retcons, retcons? You... Yeah, where they where they cool. can, they've at least done it. I want to say twice where they've kind of been like, all right, we are, we you know we've been running for four years. We're gonna reset everything about. It'll stay basically the same, but we're just kind of drawing more lines in between them, erasing other lines, and then they've done it, done that again to get us up to. 200 okay. or 150 and i think that i think that matches so the information that i pulled from seems like it's fairly accurate for the last couple of years like i said i watched a good amount of youtube videos uh, a good amount of diving into character backstories and just overall searching the league of legends wiki so i've got just kind of the story that gets you to the point here in league of legends where you are playing as your favorite champion in Summoner's Rift, fighting against other champions. How do we get there? What is that? This is what the story is. So effectively to just get started. So League of Legends takes place on the world called Runeterra, which Runeterra is probably the most like 
on point name for something like this i feel <laughs> like whoever yeah. thought up rune terra and was like they someone searched see if people have used the word rune terra before it's the it's the costco of D D locales it's, it's yeah. definitely one of those like how has this name not been used before? Right. Great. Let's <laughs> yeah. use it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it and it gets even better because so if you think about it, Rune Terra would translate to magic earth. Yep. And <laughs> and it was and Rune Terra was is a world that was created using world runes. Yeah. So like cool. it's, got it. it it like clicks so many different times that reading it, I was like, that's pretty wild. It's like, it's like wizards of the coast got the patent in 1985, but never did anything with yeah, it. Right. It was like, Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, further as, as I talk about these things. So for you on the call, I have put in the link to an interactive map. I found at map.leagueoflegends.com for you listening. We'll make sure this gets into the show notes. It is a truly interactive map that, like I said, as I go over things in broad strokes, this map is the most interactive and in detail thing to the point that you can click on locations and find out which heroes are currently or originally from there and their history that's tied to there. It's deep. There is definitely audio associated with this interactive <laughs> map. It makes noise when you touch it. So why don't, you, why don't you make sure you mute that tab before you, you know, before you either use it on this Zoom call or use it at work. Not that anyone's going to work. So. There are various nations that make up all of Runeterra, this, this world that we're looking at. So there's Freljord, which is the harsh frozen land. Demacia. Hey, Todd, is Freljord where the dwarves live? It, well, no, it's not that easy. Okay. It's not, I mean, but yeah, but no, it's not that yeah, easy. It is, okay. Um, there's Demacia, uh, the proud military <laughs> kingdom. There's Noxus, the brutal expansionist empire. There's Ionia. The first lands. There's Piltover and Zaun, which is the dual city states. It's kind of neat. Like they're they're put on a bridge on either side of the bridge, and they command that whole trading route, which is kind of interesting. There's Targon, the sprawling western mountains. Sharima, the fallen desert empire. Ixtol, the perilous eastern jungle. Bilgewater, the lawless port city. Nice. And Shadow Isles, the land surrounded by the black mist. I like now, Bilgewater as a name for a town. That's really Bilgewater's good. Bilgewater's yeah. real good. Bilgewater's yeah. very good. Um, we are not going to go into each one of these. And as I said, I'm going to tell the story, kind of how we get to Summoner's Rift and Champions Fighting. But there are nuances of story with each and every one of these. But boy, that is not one episode. Um, we are not. <laughs> we are much like when we to- when I told the. Uh, when I told the Battle World storyline oh, and I just yeah. glazed over the 44 <laughs> different lands of Battle World, we're not doing that here either. There, there is an amount of money you can give us that we will do a Boy. Uh, League of Legends <laughs> lore podcast and delve into the deep, deep lore of league of legends we aren't going to disclose Man. what that number is you just have to guess yeah. you have to write it on a napkin and we may or may not <laughs> you just slide it to us and then then we without looking at it we slide it back and we say yeah. double it yeah. <laughs> we close that loophole after uh, yeah. derek made made andrew watch 900 episodes of uh one, oh yeah, one piece. One piece. Yeah, yeah, we're we're changing we're changing the user agreements on that bad boy. <laughs> okay, so we've got we've got this cool land called Runeterra, right? This cool world. Now, you're you're if you think about the the Google world view, right? Here's Runeterra. So now we're gonna we're gonna zoom out because like where does Runeterra come from? And the answer is a group of beings called the Celestials. 
now. They are not the Marvel Universe Celestials, but they are kind of the same concept as the but, Marvel Universe But Marvel doesn't own that trademark, so we're going to use the name again. Yeah. Right? Never before has a comic series made me more tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so so think for this, for all, all, you know, for all purposes here, think of the Celestials in the Runeterra slash League of Legends universe as these all-powerful magical beings. They just exist beyond Runeterra. Uh, they watch over it. They guide it. Depending on which one we're talking about, which celestial, some of them actually get involved occasionally, but mostly they're just hands off, like just checking it out. They're like, hey, Runeterra, we made you this cool thing. Awesome. You do your thing. Um, think of them as like the demigods of Runeterra. So we have zoomed out of Runeterra and now we see these like cool beings, Jay chilling in space watching it. Now, I know you're asking. Where did the Celestials, like, what, what's beyond them? I'm well, waiting on bated breath for that answer, Todd. <laughs> well, so we're going we're gonna to zoom out one more time, and you find what are called the Watchers. Not the Watchers from the Marvel Universe. Fuck off. Come on. The Watchers. <laughs> okay, so, so, this is, so they, are, they are two very different things, right? So, so the Watchers are these, like, fathomless, like, uh, bodiless beings that just have been in existence since the beginning of time and they exist in what's called the void they're just these things they just hang out there right and so they've just been hanging out there forever just being like do we know what we are we're just here what are we <laughs> are the watchers the player inserts into this universe todd no okay no they're not and so, so, but the Watchers do become this big story driving thing because they were just hanging out forever in this void. And then one day, this like speck, like a light, a spark just kind of like floats amongst them. And it's called the spark of life. And they found this thing and they're like, oh, Match. we've, we've been sitting here for, this is very Transformers-esque. Yeah, like, yes. we've, we've, been, we've been, we've been sitting here. What's this thing? And so they kind of like, you know, blob over to it. And they find that it is a window into a reality outside of their own existence. And it's the window into reality to see Runeterra and the Watchers. And so now wait, you... Wait, wait, or, sorry, sorry, wait. sorry, 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 sorry. Gonna... Runeterra Rune <laughs> and the Celestials. Runeterra <laughs> and the Celestials. <laughs> yeah. there, are, there are layers. So the biggest outside layer yeah. is the Watchers. Oof. Then you have the okay. Celestials. Then you have Runeterra. League of Legends is an onion. It's an onion. So the yeah. spark floated around in the watchers layer world area and, and that lets them now watch the celestials world yes okay so yes. they weren't even despite the fact that they were called the watchers they were not able to watch yeah they were just they weren't now, watching now they're until, watching yeah they now they're watching. watching now they're watching now okay. who who watches the watchers who watches nice. the watchers? thank <laughs> you um so basically you've got this spark of life that is the rift that into rune terra um, and the Celestials, the Watchers can now see. So, you know, we've got these these Watchers. Their, their motives, unknown. <laughs> and they're watching. So we're going to go back to the Celestials now. So the Celestials are looking over Runeterra, and they're like, yes, all is good. We're trying to build life and everything else. But they could sense that they were being watched. Um, they knew sure. there was this, like, there was this embodiment of something that is watching them um and i have the bullet point here that'll come back as a thing so sure you know cool they're they're demigods that are like there's something bigger watching us that's probably a problem 
So anyway, we're back to Runeterra. Here's this planet. Uh, it is starting to show signs of life. There are mortals on it. And the Celestials are trying to, like, use their power to, like, guide these beings and create good things. And so Celestials do, like, any demigod would. And they begin to terraform all of Runeterra to fit their needs and, and, you know, what they want for the mortals and basically try to build these areas that that would support life and um, mortals, you know, you know, supporting them, praying to them, that sort of thing. Further, the Celestials begin finding mortals that on Runeterra that they like pick out as like exceptional and they give them the ability or they handpick them basically to be like these will become ascended beings like these mortals will become the heroes of the mortals like they're going to be our strongest our best our brightest go figure these ascended many of them end up becoming champions in the league of legends lore okay like so these, that are, just... these are these are our planeswalkers yeah these are the planeswalkers that would Got be it. a good gotcha. a good connection there um now all this time, while these Celestials are finding these mortals, giving them influence, giving them power, being praised for it, the Watchers are watching it like that meme of the guy like rubbing his hands in the background. Um, <laughs> the, the, watchers, the Watchers are watching this and they're like, man, I want in on that hot worship action. I need it. Like, I, I need it. I need it. And so the thing is, though, all they've got is this window that they can see in. And this window also has created these very small rifts around uh, Runeterra, but they can't like get through the rifts. They don't have the ability to do that. What they do know is that they need spies. Like they need influence on Runeterra to gain power, to gain, like I said, influence to be able to be there for the party, for this like mortal worship party. And so they decide, hey, we got to find some people who can be influenced. We're going to, we're going to get them. And the the story that I found that I don't know if this is the first one, but I think it is like one of the telling stories was they target um, the three ruling sisters of the Freyjord, specifically the sister known as Lysandra, the Ice Witch. And so Lysandra is a champion in League of Legends. And so she ruled the Freyjord um, with her sister Avarosa and her other sister, Sir Yelda. Now, what's interesting is like, one sister was blind, which is Lysandra. Uh, one was deaf and one was mute. And it's really, really cool. If you super get into all their story is that each one of them did something as a grab for power and was punished by losing a sense. Um, oh, cool. And further, some of their stories even tie back to other uh, other characters. So specifically for Lysandra, she did something that was bad or whatever and she was she whatever she's her name's it the ice witch anyway it's foreshadowing yeah um she had her sight taken from her from another character named volibear who i believe might have been a celestial um, um todd question answer okay so is this like a like a what's the best comparison well i guess planeswalker like is this a planeswalker thing where like there are good uh what do they call them ascended ascended are there a good ascended or bad ascended, or is it more like people become ascended and then they fall victim to like power corrupts, basically? So yes to all. Um, there are there <laughs> okay. are good and bad ascended. Um, though the, all the ones that start are good. Um, I don't know if Lysandra is necessarily ascended, but some people mm. just have powers. They just like oh, they, okay. they they are magic users. 
So, um, like, Lysandra, I don't have, I don't think. Some people are intelligence casters and some people are charisma casters. Absolutely. That's (laughs) a good, that's a good one. Um, Some people are fighters, that their magical power is fighting better. And some are actually magic. Anyway, so Lysandra, uh, since she lost her, she she lost her. Good Northeast Ohio. Lysandra. Yeah, I caught it once I said it and I didn't want to think about it. I don't think Uh, Lysandra is an ascended because I'm seeing a lot of fan art imagining her as an ascended. Ah. Well, so hmm. Lysandra, she's since she is blind, um, she has what I would call daredevil complex, where she can hear things much better to the point that she can hear things that other people cannot, which leads to her being able to hear the whispers of the watchers. So the watchers are trying to give her like the evilly whispers of like, hey, we'll offer you power. We're going to give immortality to your people. All that we ask is that us, the shadowy power that has not announced itself to you as to what we are, you just have to let us in. And when you do that, we just need a place to chill and it'll be cool. Seems fine. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, oh, like I kind of ruled this place with my two sisters. Um, I'm just going to agree for my two sisters and all of our people. This seems fine. And so anyway, years later, it's not fine. So the the watchers. <laughs> Uh, and all their, you know, terrible void monsters emerge through the abyss and it's suddenly not chill. It's not cool at all. And so everyone fights back. Her sisters revolt against her once it's kind of like, hey, the, the gig's up here. Like these are this is an evil influence that I've let in. Sisters turn against her. Ultimately, uh, Lysandra, she being an ice mage, freezes the entire Freyjord. Um, over completely uh, locking the watchers in the the howling abyss is what the area is called and it also kills her sisters um, so it's a hmm. whole thing dang and Shit. yeah I put a I put actually a pretty cool image in here um, it is the a frozen watcher in the howling abyss so it's a frozen oh, eyeball neat. monster gotcha. it is, yeah it's frozen in the abyss which the howling abyss was a, a League of Legends map for a while i don't know if it still is but i okay. remember that being a got thing. it um quick question for you todd this picture that mm-hmm. you have in the document is this like is this gameplay footage is this like cutscene footage is this fan art do you know uh i do not know i don't believe it's gameplay footage i don't think a, i don't and, and again community correct me if i'm wrong i don't think the gameplay ever really hits much of the lore because the gameplay is just just MOBA. Like, yeah, right. I mean, like, and maybe there's like theme yeah. MOBA, but it's just, it's, it's much like Overwatch doesn't hit lore. Right, right. Know? I guess I more just yeah. was like, is this, is this from some cinematic? Like, did Riot oh, design I hope. this? That look, would be great. <laughs> or did a fan design this look? Is this an official Riot image or is it from, from somewhere else? Is his I pulled question. it off. I pulled it off the League of Legends wiki. So, so take that probably, as you will. Probably pretty official. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. If it's not official, I think it's agreed upon that that's that's what we're going for. So that is just a good starting example of like how the Watchers are trying to gain influence on Runeterra. Um, and and more of that is going to happen, and we're not going to hit a lot of it. But I think that's an important good example of like, oh, this is a champion you come to learn. Here is her tragic backstory. It links a bunch of other things. There's also, I mean. There's a a uh, an ice bird named Anivia that was one of the defenders at that battle. Anivia was announced back when Andrew and I were playing, so she wasn't part of like 
the first two years, but then they came in. Um, so again, they have these stories and they kind of start melding people in and they support one another. So, whoop! I moved my wiki page. Hold on, oh. I need that. Also, I was just going back. I've been flipping back and forth in the champions page. Volibear is just a big polar bear, just to be abundantly clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> case, yeah. case you didn't catch that. You named your polar bear Volar Bear. Polar bear. <laughs> yeah. So around Runeterra, there are all these areas now, like um, that are populated by mortals that they want power. That's just how this is. Like this is Magic Earth. Magic Earth humans want power. And so now you have these different nations, the ones that I listed earlier, they're all trying to channel the power of the Celestials through these discs that they create to empower their own Ascended. Like they find their favorite person and they're like, this is our guy. We're going to rally behind him. We're going to channel energy through the Ascended or channel energy from the Celestials through these discs that we create. And we're going to make these really powerful Ascended. Um, This works sometimes. And uh, this ends up giving us some of the champions that we have now. So the earliest champions from League of Legends often have this story. They were the favored fighter person, whatever. And I've actually got some pretty good examples of that later. Now, not all of the nations that I listed earlier have the ability to do this. You know, they don't all have the technology. They don't all have the, the resources. And so what does any desperate group do when they want something and they can't do it the good, wholesome way? Create a bad copy of it. Yeah, so they scream into the <laughs> void and call for dark help. Um, so that, that is too. that is exactly what happens. Um, specifically, there's a good example where a a you know community um, based around a void. Let me pull up the map. Uh, it's over in oh boy, it might be over in Noxus. I don't remember now. Um, there is a place. Yeah, this is whatever. Um, there is a place where they have a, a small void is there. And so they scream into the void and they say, we call upon dark powers to empower us because we're going to get beat up by the other people over there because they have powers. And so this ultimately starts these battles. These battles just begin raging across Runeterra. We have the Ascended, like these good, you know, fighters for good and these like void monsters that are spilling out um, of the void. And ultimately, this battle leads to a number of the Ascended being corrupted and being, you know, touched by the Void. And so that is also that becomes a plot for some of the champions like this was a good champion and then they became a fallen champion and that whole nine, okay. you know, nine yards. So there's war. War is everywhere in Runeterra. That's a thing that happens as this goes on. These Ascended are just like fighting amongst themselves. You know, these these good and bad Ascended to the point that. The the Ascended that are still there and are corrupt, they ultimately end up turning to blood magic as a thing that they they do, which sounds like, you know, are your teens getting into blood magic kind of thing? (laughs) Well, that's exactly what this is. (laughs) Find out found out more at nine. Are the teens getting into blood magic, Todd? These these teens are getting into blood magic um, so badly that uh, they are referred to as the Darken. um, And that's bad. And now all this shit's happening and the Celestials, mind you, are watching Runeterra in their lawn chairs on their front porch. And they're like, well, shit, we didn't want any of this to happen. We were just trying to do a cool thing and have like a cool party here on Runeterra. We have to figure this out. (laughs) And so (laughs) so the Celestials do get involved. Ultimately, Uh, they send another one of their champions down there to be uh, involved to help them. And so Celestials 
they end up teaching the mortals on Runeterra how to capture the Darken and like, you know, contain them and that sort of thing. So that's great. Problem solved for now. Anyway, war has calmed at that point, And the Celestials look at this whole situation and they're like, um, you know, this could have gone this could have gone better. Uh, we tried to, you know, create this whole culture where people were going to, you know, worship us and love us. And we were going to do this cool thing for them. Didn't happen. Anyway, they ultimately at this point were realizing like we were trying to create these champions and this influence to fight back these monsters in the void. And well, that didn't happen. But at least we've got things relatively under control right now. So things are pretty calm for the most part. However, mortals are going to ruin everything again, right? So, Don't we always? Yeah. <laughs> I hate us. It is the way. So, so, and again, there's a lot of shit going on here, but this is kind of the, the overarching thing that ends up getting us to where we are now. So you guys remember how I said this whole thing started with Rune Terra um, being world runes made out of world runes. That's how you get Rune Terra. <laughs> anyway, wouldn't you know it? Some of the mortals on Rune Terra found the world runes oh, that created the oh, world. Oh no! All <laughs> uh, uh, beans, right? <laughs> so anyway, these are like nuclear warhead empowered magical artifacts that they just find, <laughs> and they start using them to wage war upon one another for like power and control. Like literally, if you look at this map, there's a, a, a like a crater area right next to the, the land of Noxus. I believe there's supposed to be a city there, but it got mm. nuked. I was, <laughs> oh. I was I was silently yeah. wondering here, like, what's the like, what are these gaps kind of in the map? So, OK, if you notice, the Pangea doesn't connect back into that very well. Yeah. I think there was actually <laughs> no. a city there that got torched um, per at least a couple of the videos that I watched as research for this. Well. And so what we end up with and what kind of leads us to this place where we are now, um, where you can select your champion and go into the summoner's rift to battle, is that we are left in a place where there are all these varying nations um, of, of different interest and, and you know, power and, and influence that they are vying for power using this, these varying immense magic or forbidden powers or dark influences. And so every match in League of Legends is you selecting your champion to go hmm. into the Summoner's Rift to battle for power and influence and like, you know, uh, strategic gain here in this war. They created like a Dragon Ball Z No Man's Land. Yes. Just yes. for battle. That's, that's super yeah. rad. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Which, yeah. which I think is like a really, really, yeah, it's a really cool way to justify mm. like a game where they could have just said like, pick your favorite character nerd and get in there and fight like <laughs> it's actually like oh no like you can like logistically say these are people fighting for you know demacia um to try and gain influence you know over noxus um because noxus guys are all bad all oh, jerks um question for you todd <laughs> yeah so the runes is this like a is it a thing these characters picked up and used somewhere else is it just like a they found the rune carved into the earth and touched it and blew things up or imbued them with power. Like how did, how's, how's this play out in the third one? Okay. Um, I believe that they, once you, once you pick up a rune and you have that rune, you gain power from that. Rune. So they're like, they're like the shouts in, in Skyrim. Like you get, <laughs> you, you yeah. find the rune, it, it, you absorb it somehow and then you take it somewhere else and, and, 
and nuke the the space there. Yeah, and I I believe the power of the runes, and this is by no surprise to anyone, is intoxicating. Like it's one of those things where, like, of course it is. I I found this immensely powerful thing, and boy, howdy, man, I I just can't (laughs) wait to blow something up with it. Can't wait to go dark suit Spider Man on these guys. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that is like the gist, the overview of of you know, kind of the the ten thousand feet in the air lore of League of Legends of how you get here. Do you have do you have thoughts on at least the lore part? I mean, this is cool. And like, it's I don't want to say that it's a generic story because it's not like, obviously, it has its own twist. But at the same time, this is such a common like fantasy comic booky thing that it's like, yeah, sure, I'm in. Like, you've taken a story that I know you've changed the names and faces, you've put it in a cool setting. And it's just as interesting to me as it has been every other time i've heard this story you know like I, yeah, yeah. I, it's a fun it's a fun plot and i like this plot and i'll enjoy it no matter who you put in it yeah and i think it's and again i think it's worth sharing and we're, and we're gonna get to it here in, in a minute each character story like you could find your favorite character in out of the 151 characters and like you can place them firmly in this map and you can find out like what their story is and where they were at and what they were doing and probably find that they interacted with at least two or three other champions and see how that story sprawls. And again, that is a podcast in itself. Like that, is, <laughs> yeah. that, that you could dedicate one episode to each one of these characters and tell their story and map the whole thing. And there's no way we can do that here. But I think like, I would agree with what you said, Matt. It's kind of like a generic story, but it's interesting enough to be like, all right, like I like what you've done and I, I dig it. I'm here. I'm going to take a step further and I, that's going to sound like I'm ragging on it, but I'm not because everything pop, everything is, does this. It's not a generic story. It's bits and pieces of a lot of different generic stories patchwork yeah. together to make its own. And that's not a criticism, because that's what everything ever is. But um, the mystery is a little less covered with it. Like it, like I, you can see where mm-hmm. they're pit, where they're pulling these influences from. They're definitely making their own story with it. It's cool. It's it's fantasy Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Dragon Ball Z was a great example. The Secret Wars, Secret Wars Battle World was a great example. Like, yeah, and that's I think the appeal. Part of the appeal of this is like there's a little bit of Dragon Ball Z in this. There's a little bit of Magic yeah. the Gathering in this. There's a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons in this. Like it, whatever your nerd flavor is, you can find it in League of Legends because that's how they built it, and and it's very cool. But like, let's not kid ourselves. That's also very much what they did here. Yeah. They were, they had to do it. They had to give you like, okay. So like kind of like magic, (laughs) right? Where you're coming in and it's like, there are a lot of things that are like other things. Like there are character, there's a character like a captain America, or there's a character like my favorite character from final fantasy. They aren't the character that I know. These aren't characters that I actually like have heard of before, but they're like other things. So you have to build, you have to create, like you have to make them look like other things and evoke other things from media that you enjoy in order for to make people connect with these things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting too. like one thing I've learned from us doing all of these flavor texts over the years is that games (laughs) and stories that do this where it's like, yeah, this is, this is the, the big hits of your five favorite nerd things all chopped up and put into one cohesive thing. 
like like Overwatch was and like Magic the Gathering yeah. was like those are the stories that I enjoy and that I like following and then I'm like yeah I could I could get interested in this property and learn all the names and and get invested versus things like Kingdom Hearts where they try to write a whole new story and it's just like i i hate all of this and i don't like it can i can i make one pedantic argument i mean someone you can. Not I'm not you're going I'm, to i'm not anyway. gonna listen but you I'm can not, i'm not defending kingdom hearts i think what you're com- what you're comparing is western versus eastern fantasy too i think that's part mm-hmm. of part of it sure yeah, yeah i mean that's that's, that's definitely not defending true. kingdom hearts no because that's a but like mess. not to not to shit on what you love kyle but like i'd put animorphs on the kingdom hearts side where like oh for God sure damn, that story is a little bit bonkers and trying to follow like i guess what i'm trying to say is if you take a story that is its own new thing that doesn't have a bunch of um let me try and guess where you're going and and say it say go ahead kyle please help (laughs) when you start small and then have to blow it up to god level by the end of your run things get weird if you start at god level and build it small it feels a little more self-contained and it's very well put and understandable yeah. kingdom hearts and animorphs yeah. both went the other way and went yeah here's here's six teens slash one teen right right shoot them through a story that takes them to fighting god level powers versus league of legends or magic which is like all right we got these gods and occasionally normal humans walk through the fight and mm-hmm. and it it it's easier to grok when you go that the way. The idea, the idea that like in this, in, the idea of multiple worlds or multiple realities in this case, like there are just an infinite number of potential civilizations or towns, gives you the ability, gives you an infinite number of source material. Like if you really yep. like steampunk and you want to build a steampunk city, you can. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you want, if yeah. you want a spooky town for Halloween for your Halloween event, you can do that. If yeah. you want a nightmare before, or if you want a Christmas town like Nightmare Before Christmas Town, fuck it. It's Christmas town now. And the way this story is set up is that you don't have to backwards engineer Christmas town into your story now. It just yeah. is it just is, is another world you visited. Whereas if yeah. Kingdom Hearts or Animorphs wants to do Christmas town now, it's You better hope there's a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I you know, I mentioned that there's due to the the world rune magics that, you know, there's a crater in the world that all we need is a hero or like a global event that dries up part of the sea. And there we have a, a area back, you know, like, or a, a hero, a celestial stop stops in that can reverse time. And there's a thing there now, like it's since it's just like, they can do whatever they want to. And they've been doing it for 11 years and it seems to be going pretty well. Oh no. A yeah. watcher teleported a new landmass into our yeah. map. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. like, uh-huh. yeah. We're here now. Uh, a new void opened up. Here's a new void champion. Yep. It's overpowered. and won't be fixed for two patches. It's yours now. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, speaking of new champions, I want to talk a bit about champions, but um, before we get there, let's go ahead and just take a quick break. Hey everyone, sorry if you were expecting the Wii Shop music. Lucky for you, there are like a thousand and a half covers on YouTube and Spotify and wherever else you stream music. I'm here today to tell you that we would like to fill this slot with something other than the Wii Shop music. We've sort of reached the point with this podcast that we would really love to take on a sponsor or two. And we're not looking for your quips or your lawnmowers or your purple mattresses, although I would very much like at least two of those three things. I'll let you decide which two. 
We are looking for indie creators in the nerd space just like us. We are not trying to get rich off this show. We just want to help spread indie nerd culture around the globe. So if you are someone who makes dice, if you are an artist who takes commissions, if you have a video game or nerd or comic related brand, we would love to run an ad for you on the show. We've put together some sponsorship packages and we've made sure to keep the price point low enough that people like us would be able to afford it. So if you have any interest in advertising with us or you know someone who might, shoot us an email and get in touch at debatethiscast at gmail.com. All right, so we're back. Um, so like I said, the last thing I want to do today uh, is just go over just a couple of the heroes that I thought kind of stuck out, things that are fun, things that are new, uh, some that I think, uh, you know, at least Andrew, uh, Kyle, myself will recognize, some that are new um, or newer, new to us. Uh, so I want to start with Jin, the virtuoso. So For right off the bat, he plays a violin, right? He definitely <laughs> plays he's, a violin. Is he the is he the bard? Tell he's, me he's the he's, bard. Todd. Oh, he's not. Um, there is a character named Bard, and that is not a bard is either. This, really, is but... this Ellen Page's character in uh, um, Umbrella Academy? Umbrella yeah. Academy. <laughs> is this the uh, white violin? So all of the things you're saying are just way nicer than what this character actually ah, is. So ah, um, beans. There, are, I'm taking a couple direct lines from uh, what is Jin's memoir uh, biography. And uh, one of the lines is that Jin is a psychopath who treats murder as an art. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so, way off so, base. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, I, I would, cut myself I would on say, that edge. <laughs> Jin, so Jin is like the Punisher, but without a moral compass. If you could say that the Punisher has like a strong moral compass <laughs> and without the Punisher has no tact where I think uh, Jin is, you know, very precise and quote artsy with like Jin's killing so yuck yeah Jin f- sounds like a villain from Dexter he sounds yeah. like Jack the Ripper <laughs> Jin is Jack the Ripper the villain from Dexter all, yeah. see all of the above so <laughs> Jin traveled the countryside being known as the golden demon for a long time um hunted by authorities which also ultimately ended up being two other champions uh Shin and Zed so they kind of like tie their their stories in um, Jin was this like serial killer that would, you know, do these killings with like a flair and an art to them. So yeah, very Dexter esque with the killings. Yeah. To to move forward and to explain like how, you know, because all these champions end up in the war, the summoner's rift that you can bring about. So Jin was ultimately captured. Jin was put into prison, but Jin would not share like any of the secrets to his art and you know how he murdered and what he did. Anyway, as I described earlier, war is happening. War is everywhere. And ultimately, Jin was freed from his prison by an unknown force. Like, we don't know who let Jin out. But he was and just too good at killing to not Jin be in this too, war. Yeah. Too, can't, can't, well, and it gets worse. So further, not only was Jin, like, freed by an unknown source, uh, Jin was then also given endless resources for his killing. Of course. He's given, given a license to kill. <laughs> license to kill. Mm. Uh, because it was fully... Amanda Waller and she started the Suicide Squad and the government <laughs> needed to Waller. pay somebody to kill people. <laughs> yeah, well, like, so Jin goes from just being this, like, you know, strategic artsy murderer to this strategic artsy murderer who now has unknown benefactors and endless funds for his armaments um, to the point that if you see like the image I put in here, Jin has this big like 
bulge on his shoulder. That is a uh, it is a mass accelerator that attaches to his hand cannon. Oh, oh. wow. What an so, incredible sentence that was. Can yeah. you say it again, that please? Yeah. Bigger than his head. Yeah. So Jin's got a just, a, you know, typical mass accelerator. Um, there's a really good quote that I think really nails Jin as a character, and it was from the wiki. And it is, it seems that all of Runeterra might be but a canvas for the atrocity that is Jin's art. And only he knows where the next brush stroke will fall. So, like, it's this very, like, edgy, like, painting, pun intended, painting <laughs> you a picture as to, like, who this this champion is and, like, how deadly they are. He's the Banksy of murder. Does, do you also, does, do you unlock Crawling by Linkin Park? When you also <laughs> unlock this character and it just plays the entire time you play. This is WWE intro, oh, man. Uh, and in case you're curious, uh, Jin's alt is curtain call and he transforms uh, his gun into the shoulder mounted mega cannon. It's a whole thing, um, which is actually kind of cool. The, I'm watching the image on loop right now because that's what I'm doing with my life. Why does he anyway? Why does he have a Guy Fox esque mask? Is that just to be more edgy? Or is well, it? Well, I, I think he's QAnon. I, I mean, I think. <laughs> stop it. I, I think I think that that Andrew did hit it. Like it's the Jack the Ripper esque. Like you know, who is this mysterious murderer that's traveling the countryside? Like, oh, we got him. Oh, but now he's out and he's back to do more artsy killings. Also, like I said, it said no un- cop ever. Un- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that 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 artsy killing happens again. <laughs> Um, the character model is very, very cool. I, I dig the, the mass acceleration thing on his shoulder. Like, whatever. It feels right. I'm on board mm. with all of it except the Guy Foxian mask. That's, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm, I draw the line. What if instead he had a very elaborate cartoony mustache? Would that be better or worse? I would, would buy that different. skin. I would pay would $20 <laughs> for that skin. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that that is Jin. Um, so another one I wanted to hit is Rise. Uh, so if you have ever played League of Legends or watched League of Legends or looked at a, a picture of League of Legends heroes, Rise is the poster child. The week of League I've played, Rise was a free hero that week and and apparently has a low bar of entry. And I played a lot. I played Rise that week. Yeah. And then I uninstalled the game. He's like the mascot, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rise Rise is like the guy. Um I think Rise and Timo are probably two of the biggest mascots. Rise is like the token mage. It's Rise the rune mage. Like he is tied to the lore. The lore, oh. he carries the lore in his left hand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yep. So Rise is a good example of how a hero just gets like put into the lore and supports it more. Um so Rise's whole thing is that he had studied under his master and even greater sorcerer known as Tyrus of Helia. And so remember how I had talked about how there are world runes? Remember those things? Anyway, him and his uh, his sorcerer master had been like exploring the land and they would see that like people would get these world runes. They become corrupted. Well, one day Rise found that his master had found a world rune and not just one world rune, but two world oh, runes. Man. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, 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 beans. Like, <laughs> and. And so he found his master with these two world runes and like had just noticed that his master had, was going mad with power. 
And so in that moment, before his master could defend himself, Rise murdered his master with all the magic force that he could. And then he decided to dedicate himself to hunting down as many world runes as he could and then locking them away. Okay. Um, he was collecting the, the, he was collecting the infinity stones to lock away in yep. hidden places. He used the runes to, to destroy the runes. Destroy the runes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if you search for rise images on Google, you'll eventually find him with an infinity gauntlet on. Sure. Like that's, of that course is, he will. That is, that is there. Anyway, rise is just awesome. Like there's, there, he's one of the heroes that they've made videos like telling his story a bit more and it actually shows him like finding a rune and like stashing it away and then like being tempted to take it for himself mm. before like That's cool. leaving to go find more yeah yeah wouldn't re- using this rune help you find more runes don't you want to well, do yeah. that yeah don't you want to carry five like of a, these runes like a nuclear deterrent yeah yeah so another good one that i thought was a pretty cool story and this is a good story of like these are not necessarily like celestials or or mortals. It's a, it's a spirit. It's a champion that was made out of a spirit, and that is Kindred, the Eternal Hunters. And so Kindred is a very, very cool story in that Kindred represents the two, the twin essences of death. So it's like a anthropomorphic lamb with like a wolf spirit that hangs out with it. Hmm. And so Kindred, oh. um, Kindred is like the lamb and the wolf. It's collectively kindred. So as the literal spirit of death, the, the story is kindred is known all along, all around Runeterra, and the lamb will appear to those who welcome and accept their death, and it will greet them with a swift fate, while the wolf will hunt down those that try mm. to escape their death ah. uh, and evade okay. that moment that death comes calling. So it ends up it's just cool. being this, yeah, like it's just a cool, yeah, you know, a, a good. I it's not like you know this is a champion that was a mm-hmm. hero that was ascended or a celestial or void monster. Like this is a spirit that exists. I think we've touched on every flavor text. So now to say like that's our Studio Ghibli nod. Studio <laughs> Ghibli. No. Um. So I've got I think three more, and this one is kind of a it's a twofer, and this is my favorite one. So. Um, it is of Nasus, the curator of the sands, and Renekton, the butcher of the sands. I think that, so. Nasus was one of my favorite characters, and this is such a cool story. Like I knew these characters were linked beforehand, but reading up more, it's very, very cool. So these were these were brothers to start, um, and they lived in um, I ha- in Shirima, the sand uh, desert area. And Nasus was the older brother, um, Renekton being the younger. Nasus was this strategic general, intelligent, you know, battle-minded that uh, became the youngest general in all of Shirima. Um, and wouldn't you guess it, Renekton was not. Ah. Renekton was not those things. <laughs> um, whereas Nasus was strategic and mindful in his battles, Renekton was ferocious and brave and, you know, delighted in the physical aspect of battle. Uh, I think an important note here that they pointed out, alternatively, uh, Nasus... He was great at battle, but he did not enjoy it. He felt pain each time one of his soldiers would would die. So um, ultimately, fast forward, Nasus falls ill. Uh, a fun a fun little Easter egg is that supposedly he had a run in with the child king money mummy named Amumu, which is another oh. character. <laughs> okay. Amumu is the the mummy child. Um, and if you hmm. look up Amumu, you've probably seen Amumu before. 
Um, he's this like he's, he's the adorable. He's the Eeyore of zombie children. Like he is Aww. so he is, cute. Yeah, I just want to see um, how many more times we can get you to say Amumu because it is it's <laughs> a very Amumu, good yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. Um. So fearing Nasus's death because he was mortal at the time, the people of Shirima chose to have him ascended. Uh, they wanted to raise him up to become their powerful, you know, champion. However, like he was so literally weak that he couldn't even climb up onto the disc to like have the ascension process happened. And so his brother chose to pick him up and carry him to the disc, believing that he would be eviscerated by the power of the ascension. Oh, um, yeah. So it was this like whole wholesome brother moment. So um, however, when they were engulfed um, in the ascension process, they were both turned into these ascended champions. And so um, Nasus was transformed into this jackal-headed Anubis warrior, um, while Renekton became this, like, muscle-bound, hulking gator with a giant blade. So Renekton was not an alligator the whole time? They were not, he was not an alligator the whole time. <laughs> they he were, was a, they he were was normal a person. humans. They were, they were normal mm. people. That's, uh, that's yeah. a good clarification, because this whole Sorry. time I've been like, I mean, this guy, like, of course he enjoys battle. He's a fucking alligator. Yeah. He's, <laughs> is this he's, like a, you ter- is this like a, like, uh, link to the past dark world you turn into your, yeah, your inner yeah. self or whatever? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, he wasn't always the mascot for Florida. Like, he's, he was, <laughs> uh, so anyway, with this ascension became this, like, near immortality. And so Nasus decided to hone his life to studying and becoming a better general and learning and improving. And Renekton started to kind of lose his humanity because um, he's a giant devoted, gator. He's devoted his life gator. to being a giant alligator with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to do alligator things. Um, and so one day, Nasus found him, like, at the site of a massacre of his own creation. Like, he had just killed a bunch of people. And so, the you know, they had sidelined kind of their confrontation because there was going to be another ascension for a great mage named Zareth, who, wouldn't you guess it, is also a champion you can play as. And something went wrong, because, of course... And so they forced Zareth back into a magical sarcophagus that they just happened to have. Um, I have an image of Zareth in here breaking out of his magical sarcophagus. It's kind of metal. Usually it is when you break out yeah. of a sarcophagus. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is never not cool. That is cool the 100% of the time. <laughs> well, so this battle breaks out then. So we have Nasus and Renekton fighting this like magical void mage now. And um, it comes down to the point that Renekton like tackles him into a tomb and says, Nasus, like lock us in here. Like I'm going to sacrifice myself to save everyone else. Like lock me in here with Zareth. And so Nasus reluctantly does. And Zareth and Renekton for centuries, they battle. They like fight in this tomb to the point that uh, Zareth starts poisoning Renekton's mind, telling him that like Nasus locked you in here because he's jealous. Like he didn't want you to share any of that power with him. Mm. You know, he just wanted it for himself. And so, Nasus is so wrecked with guilt that he ultimately leaves the lands to just like wander the desert by himself to try and get over it um, because he's so guilt ridden. And then eventually another hero named Severe or Siver, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, ultimately releases them from this tomb because why wouldn't you? And so Renekton with his like broken brain who just wants revenge and blood uh, quote, driven on by the thirst for blood and vengeance, takes to the sand to find his brother Nasus. Hmm. And that is an excellent story. That's pretty like, cool. That yeah, that's a cool yeah. story. I like, yeah. I like, like, yeah, they got two more champions out of the story and, like, 
yeah the the backstory for the two brothers um can you answer this question todd is um i gotta find the name again is zareth is that character model this energy creature surrounded by his own tomb is that what is that what i'm looking at because that's yes. awesome yes that is exactly what it is it is an energy creature like uh, you nailed it like hmm. encapsulated in its own oh. magical like shattered tomb yeah, yeah he's um, cool yeah that's that's rad the art of this is very cool i yeah everything looks awesome yeah um so some pieces of this so nasus was one of the really early heroes and renekton came uh, late in the time that i was still playing and so like they had planted the seeds and then they added more obviously um and then zareth came even later so like i think it was a good example of what kyle had said earlier where they kind of like took the lore and built on the lore and picked apart the lore and added more to the lore but yeah he is an arcane being trapped in a magical sarcophagus that like cracks and floats around him and it's excellent before we move on i also need to point out that one of the one of the renekton skins is him as a lifeguard and yes oh, shit. and it is amazing yes um that is that is very true did you say renekton and nasus were two of like the original ones nasus was nasus okay. he if nasus wasn't original he was super early on was, i was gonna uh, say because yeah. the skins i'm looking at of renekton also reek of like fan favorite character let's yeah. give him a lot let's just put him in every oh, yeah let's yeah. put this alligator man in every every variation of an alligator man we can so one thing i didn't talk about is some of the gameplay that like everyone has their own uh utility system that they use to cast their spells if you will to use their abilities and so like a lot of them have like magic power or you know some of them it uses their own life renekton is one that uses his rage nice so like as he as he attacks he builds rage um so like he wants to do more damage to build rage to use his abilities like it's Na uh renekton is very very cool two more uh that i think are really fun and really early on so ergot the dreadnought is uh, a hero that is just absolutely excellent so a, a plus name oh yeah 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 right mm. um so ergot was an executioner in noxus right so he was there doing doing dirty deeds you know hey point me and i'll i'll kill him how cheaply did he do those dirty deeds Todd? Uh, they were done pretty <laughs> cheap <laughs> they were i dare i say dirt cheap all right um well so he was ultimately sent on a mission uh you know to go kill this person as you would as an executioner and it was a setup I don't know why it was a setup, but it was a setup because that's what the story lore told me. And then he was, quote, sent to the Chemtech mines where he was to be enslaved. I don't know what the Chemtech mines are. They don't Sounds sound pretty good. bad. <laughs> <Great. laughs> um, so the mines warden, Baron Voss, uh, they decided to torture him after he had served in these mines for so long. And his body and mind was so like wrecked from serving in these mines that anything that this baron would do to him to torture him wasn't as bad as the physical punishment of being in the mines and what he had already experienced so he just laughed at the baron as it did this like torture to his arms and legs and whatnot to the point that his torture drove her to leave the mines abandoned like with all the people there because he had like freaked her out so much by laughing at her torture and so he just took over the mines those are those are ergot's mines now <laughs> and 
He then began using the technology in the Chemtech mines to replace his weakened limbs with industrial machinery. So, hence why you end cool. up with what is actually Urgot, who is like if if Kang or a Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was way worse. It's a giant like human upper half on a on a mechanical spider body. I got it. It's, I got it. Hold on. It's I got the this villain. Daniel, it's the villain. Daniel Day Lewis in Wild Wild Wait, West. Hold on. No. <laughs> no. No. It, I wasn't going to go Wild Wild West. I was going to no. say it is it is Monsters Inc. Bane on top of the Monsters Inc. guy. Like if Monsters yes. Inc. Yes. Uh, white, wait, the I spider looked, guy. Walter J. Water, Henry, Henry J. Waternoose. If Henry J. Waternoose was also Bane from Batman, which is a better reference than Wild Wild West. It sure isn't because because <laughs> An, Andrew and I were going for the oh, same. And that wasn't that wasn't Daniel Day-Lewis. It was Kenneth Branagh. Sorry. I was really surprised to hear Daniel Day-Lewis come out of your mouth. But yeah, I was. Um, that was the reference day. I was also racing to make. The bottom line is Urgot is a ballin' character uh, to look at. And, and you know, the current resolution to Urgot's story is that uh, currently uh, he was captured in chains and hauled away to a fortified cell. But, and I quote, one must wonder if any cage can ever hope to hold him for long. Well, yeah, he's a giant, like, chemically enhanced Spider-Man. Who's capturing him? Yeah. Who's capturing yeah. this thing? <laughs> what did you use to capture him? A bigger chemically induced spider? He's clearly like undead or something now too. Like, so of course he'll escape again. Cause he, why wouldn't he? So I've got one more. Um, and this one's this one's pretty metal, pun intended. So this is Mordekaiser, the Iron Revenant. Um, <laughs> Mordekaiser. That, that is an outstanding <laughs> name. Wow. Um, well, so, to unpack so originally known as a warlord named San Uzal. So San Uzal had just been this warlord rampaging over the lands. As mortal warlords do, uh, death was upon sure. him. And he had said, I look forward to, you know, I'm, I'm going to rest next to God's table at the Hall of Bones. Like, I will have this, this warrior's death, and I will live there, and it'll be excellent. However, when he died, he found himself in this empty gray wasteland. Um, not in, you know, the, the Hall of Bones, no glory, nothing. He didn't go to Valhalla. He went to, no. to, some, to the other thing. <laughs> he went to a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he, was, he, was, he was very sad. And so... Um, you know, he's there, it's the spirit, and other spirits would arrive and leave, and he just refused to fade away because he was so angry and you know, uh, fueled by rage and torment. And so one day, as they are wont to do, a coven of sorcerers decided to bring him back from the dead because they needed this thing. I guess you need this warlord back. And so, however, this must have been a hurried uh reviving session because they didn't have any flesh and bones to revive him into so instead they made a body using metal plates of old armor and it became a revenant of iron and okay hate. got it they didn't have yeah. the gold they didn't have the they I didn't have the right golden components yeah. yeah 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 they they had to they had to fudge the numbers a little bit <laughs> and there, um, there's the five nights at freddy flavor text callback where you take a bunch of soul goo and ooh, jam it yeah. in a yeah. robot Nice. Yes, it is. They crammed yeah. the soul goo into a robot, and as it came to life, it uttered its new name, Mordekaiser. And, uh, and this is, quote, and then began his second conquest of the mortal realm with his new mace, Fuck. Nightfall. Nice. And so ultimately, like, was defeated again, 
and his soul went to the afterworld again. And however, when it arrived there, he was there with all the other souls that he had ushered in before him as his new army. And so though he is currently defeated, um, you know, the name Mordekaiser stills whispered in fear by those who, who study this old forgotten history. And this is another direct quote. They pray that he would not return permanently as they know of no way to stop him. <laughs> Good. Like it's just cool. buck wild. And like, again, what we talked about six, seven heroes. There are 151 <laughs> of these heroes. Yeah, 47 more of them. Yeah. My God. Wow. And like some of their backstories I'm sure are incredible. Like this is, this is just a small sampling of these others. Like, I don't know what Malphite's deal is, but he's a rock monster. And I'd kind of like to know what Malphite's deal is, you know? Yeah. We're not going to do that today, but I could. <laughs> Keep doing it, Todd. I won't do it. There's too much. I, I, we, so we hit the lore. We hit the gameplay. We hit some of the, some of the stories here. Um, we're kind of coming to a close here. What are, what are some thoughts? What are your, what is your, your takeaway? What are your feelings? Um, how much League of Legends uh, character lore are you, how many champions lore are you going to look up before this day is over? Uh, yeah, I think to, to reiterate what I said earlier, this is all cool. Like, I, I enjoyed all of this. It is, you know, you take a, a story that I know pretty well without any knowledge of League of Legends, and then you change the names and faces, and all of the names and faces are rad as hell. So that's cool. I will probably, I looked on YouTube while we were recording, it's about two and a half hours, I will probably watch all of the cinematics, and you should. that will probably be where my venture into League of Legends as a property ends, but it's cool, <laughs> like, it's, it's sweet, yeah. you know, like, MOBAs aren't my thing, well, top-down MOBAs, I don't know, whatever the fuck a MOBA is, League of Legends isn't my style of game, <laughs> but the lore is cool, the characters are cool. And I'll 100% watch a two and a half hour digitally rendered movie and say, man, that was really cool the whole time. Yeah. S similarly, yeah, I'm I'm into like these character backstories and I love that each of these 151 characters has a like super like fantasy metal background mm. somehow. I like Matt will probably click around on this on this champions page for a little bit, you know, decide my favorite one and then close the, the league of legends page and not open it again until I have to for this podcast again. But, um, <laughs> it's, you know, I, lo I love the individual, like the characters that the superheroes or villains of this story, like I do any other property and they're very cool and great. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do a little more digging before I abandon this for, till next time yeah um real quick before andrew answers uh kyle how much tom kench rp and fan uh fan wiki storytelling are you gonna get into i have i'm already um a member of three tom kench rp message boards <laughs> so nice. uh, i will be continuing that afterwards uh yeah, I'll I'll say this. Nothing gets me more excited than looking at a massive fantasy mumbo jumbo map and seeing like 
different very specific city states mm-hmm. and like uh, the geopolitical strife between these different regions and being able to be like that's where the dwarves live that's the steampunk <laughs> world that's the swamp where the lizards live like i love that shit which is why i love elder scrolls and i think um i think if if there was a a single player rpg a la skyrim or even like an mmorpg set in this world i would be so fucking in um i i can't play league anymore like for my own health but uh (laughs) but i i don't regret most of the time that i spent with the exception of like that last couple weeks um and 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 i don't want to take anyone's love and enjoyment away from this and i can i can say very objectively this is cool yeah um i agree i found a new honestly like not even appreciated love for the league of legends lore and the story and i'm probably gonna watch that same video that matt talked about um and i will have a greater appreciation of league of legends i also don't have a place in my schedule or my heart for downloading league of legends and going back to it um but i would super get into something else set in the league of legends world because this Say what you will. You might hate League of Legends as a game. You might not be into MOBAs, but like they've built something very cool. Yeah. I'm lucky in that this didn't come out at a time in my life I could have fallen into this well because I would have yeah. fallen into this well if I if it had come out yeah, at a different time for in sure. my life. I, I do. I think it should be acknowledged that this is one of the first and still most successful games as a service. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And and that and it kind of was a thing that was a little I would say ahead of its time, um, something that is very common now. And you see these like these all of these different types of um, these business models, these microtransaction business models, these games that have seasons. Like this was, with the exception of maybe like Diablo, like this was the I think that one of the first to have like recurring like giving people a reason to come back and like, Hey, Mm -hmm. come back and play season three because we're doing this now. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this thing where I just constantly is constantly up. This new character completely upheaves the meta and you've got to come back and try it. Yeah. How many game developers and, and, and I can't say riot riots had obviously had a couple things like Valorant that have come out since league, but like how many game developers like active big name game developers do you know of that have one game on like that they just they just have one game yeah 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 Yeah, and i think that it's it's really impressive too how much they've built i mean judging from like the flavor text that i've led being fnaf and overwatch i'm a big old sucker for games that have deep lore that have nothing to do with the gameplay uh and so in that sense like league is really cool to me because there are 151 main characters, you know? It's not like there are 12 main characters and then also 130-ish other side names that are important enough to the lore that you should know. Like, to have 151 playable characters is insane. That's more than Smash Ultimate, which, like, of the games I play, has the most playable characters at, like, 72. So I I think it's really... Some of which are glorified palette swaps <laughs> yeah. yeah and some of which are glorified palette swaps and then some of them are just like nintendo saying hey we made a palette swap this is another playable character uh yeah. so yeah it's it's impressive and i 
while I don't think that I would ever be interested in the game, have a decent amount of interest in the lore, at least enough to watch a two and a half hour YouTube movie. I will share this because I just I'm looking this up on my own now. League of Legends, for as far as number of players, didn't peak until 2019. And like hmm. I put peak in quotes because I don't like I I would guess it is not done. I would guess like the drop off in 2020 is a fluke yeah. mm-hmm. um more than anything. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised to learn that. I would have assumed mm. um it hit its stride a while back and has declined since then, but it there are like shelves of growth in 2019. So it has mm. still got places yeah. to go. Yeah, it's crazy to me too that like this isn't League of Legends 2. Or like League of Legends three, like this is just yeah. League of Legends, where we're we're on Dota two, we're on Team Fortress two, we're about to be on Overwatch two. Like so many of these games hit a point where they're like, all right, we really need to revitalize the fan base, or we really need to retool the game. Like this game doesn't need a patch; it needs a sequel. And for mm-hmm. League to have lasted twelve years and not hit that point is astounding. Oh, I would guess at this point they are not. Like there, there will be large overhauling patches. I, I guess they reached a point where they decided, like, no, there will not be a sequel. We will just patch, patch, yeah. do do yeah. massive patches because it's a brand, yeah. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Word, yeah. Well, on that note, we're gonna wrap this up so I can go watch at least the Tom Kench YouTube video to listen to that that sweet Cajun voice. <laughs> Hey, so thanks again for listening in to Debate This. Follow along with the argument on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast. And if you, yourself, yes, you, want to commission your own flavor text where we can talk all about the deepest, weirdest lore that we can find on it, you can do so at patreon.com slash debate this cast. Until next time, I'm Todd Thomas. I'm Matt, the Banksy of murder. Cole. I'm, I'm Ant. Oh, oh. Well, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. Well, I'm, you, I, I, I'm looking at two different things. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm Andrew. The 151st champion can be found behind the truck, Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Kyle, twice slain, thrice born Harper. Ooh. And we're and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. That was edgy as shit, Kyle. <laughs>